Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WLG Discussion Lab podcast, a platform initiated by Wailing Gallery, where we share insights and hold conversations surrounding contemporary art. Hi, Amin. So wonderful to have you with us here today. Thank you for making the time to join the WLG podcast. Oh, wait, it's always such a delight to see you. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. So anyway, we thought you know it'd be, it's 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 been it's been ages since we've last met, and um, too, long, too long, too long, much I know, too long. too long since you've been and in I Malaysia. Malaysia, so very very much. I want some laksa, baby. Second, Malaysian, Malaysia misses you, honey. Misses you. We all miss you very much. So I'm going to launch straight into asking you the questions, and my first question would be. From an economics undergrad at Yale, how did you end up transitioning into becoming a sculptor? Well, I mean, I studied art history, and uh, my parents, my father was a famous modernist, but he didn't want me to be an artist. I didn't want to be an artist. And when I went to Yale, I, Dominique Malaket took me to my first art history class, and it kind of like changed the course of my life. I was studying economics. I never wanted to live in Pakistan, and I never wanted to be an artist. And my parents were quite cool with that. In fact, encouraged it. And when I took art history, I mean, I fell in love with, you know, art again. And um, all the things that I'd been repressing, I kind of came out of the closet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, you could call my entire life a glitch. Okay, fantastic. And so, okay, so, okay, so you got into the art history, but how did that translate into into sculpture, into bronze sculpture? Uh, uh, yes, because in art history, I studied Mughal gardens and I won a prize for my thesis on Mughal gardens. And it became my, became, it began my long interest in Islamic art and its philosophy. And, um, and um, I suppose it just opened up some areas of the brain that I just shut out. I, I you know, I, I just had some, stop that from myself i really had stopped that um and um i suppose just seeing the beautiful works that humankind has created over the ages just seduced me i was absolutely seduced i mean easy to be seduced way we know <laughs> and equally we are seduced by your work and by you darling um but no so tell me okay so i i, I know that a lot of the work Okay, so it's, it's originated from that, but it's also quite autobiographical. It's very spiritual. It's, I mean, you talk about Islamic, it's, it's Islam and Islamic art, but it's also very spiritual in much broader sense of the word, right? I mean, your oh, work, yes. your practice. Personal. I mean, my work all emanates from myself and how I am at a certain moment in time. It's so personal. This is my story. I mean, it's just my story. And I, you know, you look at old works and you're like, Oh, that was that moment in time. I can never go back way. Uh, at a certain moment in time, I mean, and these, these things kind of emanate from yourself. And they're little footnotes for, for myself, my work, little droppings as I go through life. So would you say that the work has been, has helped you to sort of understand yourself more? It's a cathartic. Oh, therapy way. Yeah. Therapy, it's my prayer, it's my meditation, it's everything for me. Uh, you know, it's everything for me. And uh, the process is, is, is really fluid and 
sort of comes from me and um, it's everything. It means everything to me. I work out my, my joy, my sorrow, my anger, my frustration, everything through the process. No, I you can, you can actually see that and feel that through your work, actually. I mean, I remember when you gave, a, you know, uh, a talk about the journey and you were sharing with us about um, the egg and the origins yes. of the egg. Um, which I love. I love the story for that. And the egg has, has appeared, you know, the form of the egg has, has appeared th- throughout your practice. Well, Maybe you just want to tell us a little bit the about egg, the egg. I mean, my sister got pregnant and suddenly I had the realization I don't have an egg in my body. The male body is so much simpler than the female body is. You have the egg. You have the, we are just the sperm providers. We are almost insignificant or irrelevant as men. And it's the woman that holds the source and the profound source of the egg. So I had mixed feelings about this. There was almost jealousy and the sense of like, no, I want my egg. So I created it out of copper. And it led to a whole series of work. And yes, and it keeps on reoccurring in my work, in the performance works and in the sculptural objects. So, I mean, do you, how important do you think it is for artists to make work that's authentic, to them as, as people? See, I don't know, Gray. I think every artist has their own story and their own trajectory. I can only speak for myself. You know, I, uh, I'm very shy to give these general blanket statements about art or for artists. All I know is myself. It's been such a fight for me to do what I do with myself, with my own self, the sense of like, there was incredible fear when I became an artist. Like, oh my God, what are you doing, Amin? What happened to that? What happened to your dreams? That was my dream, to have an obscure life in a bank. And so, so when I go into the workshop, I, I'm naked. I'm naked way. And th- that's the only way I can process it for myself. Yes, but I think, you know, okay, from, I think what we have seen, I, is, is that it's, we feel that, you know, when you speak, to someone like yourself with this this you know this obviously passion so much passion behind why you're making the work that you do and you've got conviction and you've got fear and you're throwing caution to the wind you know i mean i think that's what drives powerful work you know i mean can you just share with you know with us just a bit about that you know that being naked and about taking the risk look you know, it's so strange as an artist. You know, you have to be very public. You have to talk about your work. You have to exhibit your work. People ask you questions. But then, you know, there's another side of the process, which is the making of the work. And that's delicious. That's like all mine. And I'm extremely territorial about it. I'm very open to questions and showing and, you know, talking to people post-work. But when I'm doing the work, nobody's allowed it. Not even my parents were allowed it. Not even John. Nobody was, is encouraged into my workshop. It's just me and my guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't catch a draw anything. So it's a very hands-on process for me. I'm with my chaps. I am, you know, I'm like, do this, do that. Let's do that, you know, bring this here, put this together. And it's like going through the rabbit hole, through the looking glass, into another zone where, you know, and there has to be that process of surprise for my own self. Like, it, Every, you know, when I walk into the workshop, it's not so premeditated. Mm. It's not planned what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. Even if I have a show with you, let's say, booked, it's still not planned. 
and you always leave yourself the room for surprise. You know, the whole idea is I want to surprise myself uh, and uncover something else, mm. something else. You're always looking for that something else. That's yeah. part of the narrative of yours. Absolutely. No, I mean, I've always, we've always felt that it's, in, it's, it's imperative um, that all artists may work for themselves. Right. Do you know what I mean? That you, you, you please, you only please yourself. You don't need to please anyone else. Yeah. It's for you. You know, it's, it should be a very personal, a, a very personal process and journey. Yes. So, you know, I mean, and, and it's wonderful hearing it from you, the way you said it, you know, I mean, I think you've just really sort of nailed it. I recall Seven, the last big show we had together. It was an exhibition that originated in Malaysia then went back to Karachi before then travelling to Rome to the Museum of Contemporary Art, Macro. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about this exhibition, how it came about, the significance of the Islamic calligraphy that you threw up into the air and landed as spiders? Absolutely. You know, because way I met you at you and Johan a long time ago. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that, but and yes. You got under my skin. And got, both of you got under my skin. And you brought me to Malaysia. And, you know, we've had a long relationship. So when I got this opportunity to do Seven, uh, and the show was titled Seven, my first preview was in Kuala Lumpur. Because a lot of the roots of Seven came from Kuala Lumpur. You know, uh, seven basically in my installation, and I think of it as one big installation, is I've taken one line from the book uh, and I have divided it into seven pieces. And you can no longer read that line from the book. And it is, it's repeated throughout the installation, the coal carpet, the ascension pieces, zero gravity. The same line is repeated again and again and again. And it was such a pleasure beginning the journey of seven in Kuala Lumpur because a lot of things for me have begun there. And what was wonderful also is my, you know, as you know, I'm very interested in performance art. And we did that wonderful performance called Beloved Son in Kuala Lumpur with Suraj and Aziz, mm. two immigrants who were in Kuala Lumpur. And, um, and uh, you know, and they were the, the, your helpers for... for yes. the, who moved the work around and uh, they loved your mother and your mother loved them. And, um, and I saw the energy and that's things you keep yourself always open to the process and they fit so well into the story of seven for me. And I just remember the performance basically, I'd like to tell your viewers what the performance was. Basically these were the, these two guys who came on a football scholarship of African origin. And what they did was, uh, I told them, you just sit down in the clothes that you want and you'll be served as honored guests for the opening. But you have to speak in a language that no one else understands. And they said, yes, we have a Creole and nobody can understand us. So they sat like Maharajas, uh, framed by, by two horn works. And they sat there and they laughed and nobody knew. And it was a little disconcerting because nobody knew what they were laughing about. It was a very personal dialogue between the two of them mm. that nobody else was privy to. Mm. And that really began my story of seven. Uh, because it, in, in all these sculptures, you no longer can read it. It becomes a very personal message. Kind sure. of like a love letter. Mm. And the reason why it's called Beloved Son is because Suraj means the sun and Aziz means beloved. Mm. So it's the son. No. And that's big love between the two of them, but only they know. 
Absolutely. Uh, and so the story of Seven began. And then it was fascinating because then it traveled to my gallery space in Karachi. And it was a very site-specific installation that really um, worked with the architecture around it. Uh, and then after Karachi, it went to GAM, Gallery the Art Moderna of the City of Rome, the museum art, uh, the modern museum in Rome. And um, over there, it was a courtyard, it was a cloister, you know, an old medieval cloister. It was set out in the courtyard and where light and the sun could sort of affect these pieces. And it almost became like a sundial with these sculptures and became sort of the sort of garden within the cloister. And then it moved to, to Matateo, which is a completely different space. Mm. Uh, it was a subterranean space, an abattoir very dark, very heavy. And this installation morphed again. And, uh, and that was the story of Seven. And I have to no, tell you that thoughts. No, it's wonderful. It was a wonderful, wonderful exhibition. I mean, could you share with the listeners who aren't familiar with her work a bit more about what you are referring to when you speak about the, that one line? It, it comes from a source that is important to me. And I never think of myself as a calligrapher. What I do in my calligraphic work is I've taken only two lines of my life. Mm. One is the Ikra, which is seven is all about. Uh, God taught humankind what it did not know. Yeah. And in Nakshi script. And I've repeated this line over the years. I've repeated it again and again and again. And in my earlier works, one could actually read the line. Mm. And now it's reconstructed. So it doesn't really, you know, when people say, oh, what is written? I say, nothing is written. Absolutely. It's personal for me. These Absolutely. are my own books. Personal songs to do to the Dubai, you know. Like, no, oh, I know, I love that. You know, no. and, uh, that's so everybody can relate to it. Uh, language is not the barrier; it's it's the you know, and with the ascension pieces, you know, they're all balanced. And these are pieces that are about ten, eleven feet high. Mm, yes, they're, they're all monumental. Three inches by three inches. It's all on balance. And I want these pieces to sort of fly upwards, sort of like leaving, you know, leaving the barriers of language, leaving all these barriers and just fly upwards. Uh, these are my love way. No, they are lovely. And they are, they do dance. You know, we, yeah. we were, when they were in the gallery, they were, they were dancing away in the space. So, I mean, we've come to the final question. Um, and I'd really love for you to share with everyone who's listening your takeaway on these crazy times through which we live. It's truly history in the making, isn't it? And what is left for humanity? And is there anything you would like to say to everyone out there, maybe some advice or your own experience? It began with a show and we held it on the 15th of March. And that's when Karachi went under lockdown. So uh, we had to only, you know, for the first time in my life, I went on social media and said, you can come. Just see it on live feed for the first time. We blocked the audience. But there's a catalog and things like that for the show. And that led to the second show, Trojan Donkey. And um, it, was, it was held on the 25th of April. And, um, uh, and we juxtaposed all of these works from all over the world, sort of this reaction to the pandemic through the eyes of the artist. Uh, and that led to my own performance work. Then I felt the need to do my own work. And I called it Healing mm-hmm. Two. Healing one right after the murder of my parents and healing two in this time of death. I needed to bring out healing two. And that was only for documentation. Mm. There was no audience. It was held up on my mosaic of 
on my roof with this mosaic, and it was only for documentation. And then uh, the, I call these the Corona Chronicles. They become a diary mm. of the day. And we ended, I ended this with If These Walls would, Could Talk, which is again, I co-curated with Sarah, when we invited people to come into the village restaurant. We told people to come into the village restaurant, remain in the cars and see art videos for an hour and a half. And so these documented these times. Where we are at, um, I don't know. Um, but I think the voice of the artist is the voice that should be heard during this mm. time. Um, and it's about perhaps priority. I think what you really realize during this time is priority. I, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the world is getting any better. I think the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. However, we must all look within ourselves for our shared humanity. Because at the end of the day, you can't take anything with you. Babe. None of us are Egyptian pharaohs. There is no, you can't take anything with you. You must leave it all behind. And there must be a curb to breed. Wonderful. Well said, I mean, thank you so much. No, truly, thank I you so you much. Guys. I know, we do too. I can't wait for all this to be over. I know. So send you, send you lots of love. and um, Lots of kisses from Karachi. Thank you, I mean. Thank you so much for having me on, Way. Love you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. On our next episodes, we will be sharing more topics related to art and collecting. So be sure to follow us to find out more. See you.